Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 113 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 112 through 116, where time slows to a crawl. The ultimate move is standing on your own hand, and we learn deep details about the don't mess up or you die elevator. Yeah, so here's the biggest problem about uh, don't don't mess up or die elevators. They're really just any elevator, because if you mess up hard enough inside of any elevator, you're gonna die. Like, okay, so let's say you're on an elevator and you're like, you know what I should do? I should jump up and down on side of the elevator. Well, I mean, it, it's really unlikely that those cables are gonna snap and that you're gonna fall to your death, but I mean, it could happen. Especially if Don't you're in, up. if you're in like a really old elevator, and maybe the elevator has a trick bottom that falls out on it. I don't know who made it. Maybe it was the Joker who made it. I don't know. You don't know, and nobody knows. Let's jump in. You got really uh, upset there. <laughs> Look, it's upsetting things. Elevators are. Uh, Elevators are weird, scary boxes that we ride in and do unnatural things like hovering. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, we've got an old elevator in the building where I work right now. I usually don't take it because we're, we're just on the fourth floor, so I just take the stairs. But uh, the elevator, it's like very old and it has like one of those accordion metal doors on the inside and a literal person who operates it with a lever. <laughs> so. Great. It's interesting, but I usually don't take it. Part mostly because I would rather take the stairs if uh, if it's not that far. But also, it's creepy and weird. Yeah. Also, and like you don't want to die inside of an elevator. I'm I just don't. Saying. I really don't. And you know, also, people operating elevators. I don't have anything against people working a job where a job is to be found. But the people who elevate uh, operate elevators are really close in my mind to the people who sit in the bathroom and hand you the things that you can get for yourself. And then you're supposed to tip them. You know, when you go to a bathroom and they like put the soap in your hand. And every time I'm just like, <laughs> please let me do it. I'm so uncomfortable. I hate this so much. Also, I'm just not going to tip also you. Just... I also just wanted to be like one guy who's just like, he really, really is into it. And you're like, you're like, where did you find this job? And he was like, oh, it's not my job. I just do this. (laughs) Oh, that's so upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, in, in random news with things. Um, so, uh, the, the first and foremost thing that happened in this past couple of weeks um, is that uh, I got invited, and you can listen to it if you go back on it, um, to uh, uh, Who who Do You Say Anime? Um, they are doing Anime Jeopardy. Um, so I'm going to be on that representing the show on Sunday. So I'm going to uh, play I Lost on Jeopardy from Weird Al for you. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, the other things that have happened is... Uh, uh, I, I I read this I read this thing on Twitter the other day and I was just like this affected me way too much. Christopher uh, Wycamp, one of the guys that we interviewed before, um, if you're if you're wondering who he is, you should look him up immediately because you will be um, really excited to find out that he is uh, a racer a racer head um, from My Hero Academia or Aizawa 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 is that how you 
Is it Ozawa? Okay. Yeah. But he posts things on Twitter sometimes, and one of the things that he said was, uh, Day 22, tonight I told the kids a bedtime story about the ancient and the before times, and how they flew in long metal birds, they rode moving uh, rooms up to the top of tall sparkling towers, and gathered together by the hundreds and even touched with skin. <laughs> <laughs> He's really funny. Like, he was maybe the funniest person we've interviewed so far. My my response back to him was, I was just like, this affected me in a way that I did not expect, like right in the feels. <laughs> oh yeah Um, with that yeah with that being said uh so those are those are the two things random things that happened to me this week other than the fact that um we have uh we have had the 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 most successful twitter week that we've ever had where like lots of people are interested in looking at our my hero academia episode but that good isn't turning into a lot of people listening to the show so whatever i don't know bitches (laughs) yeah you know you win some you lose some yeah. Um, my last random thing for the week, and I, I put it on Twitter, um, but I have my uh, sound set up um, at my house right now. So I am officially going to be recording um, my demos this, this well, right after we record this, which is really exciting for me. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing that. And then uh, I'm going to be uh, posting a little bit about like what my journey into trying to do voice acting is like. Um, so if you're ever interested in that, I will definitely keep people updated. Yeah, I uh, I think we should. Um, I have all kinds of ideas of stuff that we should talk about, but you and I should talk about it after the show and <laughs> see which ones are worth getting onto the show. Because I don't want to give people false excitement about something that doesn't end up running. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I. I will say in in other news, uh, we've we've been uh, reached out to a a couple of times by uh, a couple of other shows that are interested in doing crossover episodes. So that's that's getting excited. And uh, also, I am I am not watching any anime other than the anime that we're currently watching. And I I had this moment this week where I was just like, I should probably be watching other stuff. But then I was just like, oh, but real people on real TVs. I really want to finish the expanse and I did. And I was like, Oh great. It's over. And then it left on a cliffhanger and I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) They gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I am actually watching quite a few anime and I'm going to talk about a new one here in a second. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, one of the reasons that we started this podcast, as I've mentioned a few times on here, so long time listeners may remember, uh, was that I didn't feel like I was watching a lot of anime and sometimes watching any anime, and I love anime, and I wanted to watch some, and I thought this show would be a good excuse to make sure that I kept watching anime at some level of consistent consistency, and it works. Because if these are the only shows you're watching, you're still watching four good shows. Three and a half good shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've got news. Uh, are you done with your news? I don't want to cut you off. No, it's no more news for me. My anime news is something that I am very excited about because it's near and dear to my heart, and that is Digimon. Uh, I love Digimon because it was one of the formative shows that I grew up on. And if you've seen Digimon, you will know a few things. One, the English version of Digimon is aged down pretty noticeably. The edit it and the writing... 
adds in a lot of jokes. Like there's a lot of jokes where nobody's talking and it's like a shot from behind them or the character who's making the joke isn't on screen. And that's because it's not in the original because they were trying to make it fun for kids. Um, And Digimon tends to be a little bit more mature than it seems like it is in America, but it also tends to flounder a little bit with sticking the landing on getting particularly mature or particularly good. It just never seems to quite get there. And I have a strong connection to it in my past and I've got nostalgia goggles for it. And so I, I love Digimon to this day because I can see what they were going for and I can see its potential and I can round it up. And, um, but you know, the old shows, the, the narratives were pretty good. They were always a little more serious than people who didn't watch Digimon gave them credit for, but the animation was pretty low quality, pretty, pretty stock images, lots of reused footage. Um, yeah. and you know, it, it's fine. It's a, it's a good. Nostalgia yeah. And watch. I mean, I mean, they changed into digital champions, Blake. They That's changed true. into the digital world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a, it's a good series that people give less credit than it deserves. And people spend too much time comparing it unfavorably to Pokemon when they are actually pretty different and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Now. This is the time to be a Digimon fan and potentially the time to become a Digimon fan. There are three big things happening in the world of Digimon. One, it's not complete news, but uh, the games have never really stopped. And uh, there were a couple of really good games that came out. If you like JRPGs, um, they are called Digimon Cyber Sleuth and the sequel, interquel kind of side story, uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory. Those came out a few years ago on PS4 and PS Vita. It is the reason I own a PS Vita, because I bought one to play this. And uh, now there is a, a Digimon Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition that you can buy for Nintendo Switch, which contains both games, which I also own. And it is really good. It, it's definitely a JRPG. There is a lot of talking and a decent amount of grinding, but it's good. And uh, it's also the mature Digimon stories that you've been looking for with really high quality cutscenes. So it's actually very, very good, but it's a couple of years old now. Uh, in other game news, we have Digimon Survive coming out theoretically later this year. It has been delayed. I think it was originally planned for early this year or maybe late last year, but it's been delayed once or twice already. And with the coronavirus, you never can quite tell if those release dates are going to hold. But Digimon Survive is another game coming out for Nintendo Switch here in America. And it is a tactics RPG with permadeath. So that's probably going to be pretty fucking dark too. And I'm really excited because I also like tactics games. Um, Digimon games have been pretty good for a while. And again, overshadowed by Pokemon, but they're not trying to be Pokemon. So um, if you're interested in JRPGs, uh, it might be worth looking into Cyber Sleuth. And if you're interested in uh, tactics games, it would be worth keeping an eye on Digimon Survive. Then Digimon has a new card game coming out, and that's coming out in Japan. We don't know if it's getting localized here. Uh, There have been many card games for Digimon. I used to play the original one when I was a kid, and I thought it was fine, but kind of frustrating. And since then, it looks like they've just done variations on the formula. This new game 
looks like a really fun, really fast play. It kind of reminds me of those um, those faster games. Like, what was that one? Card Fight Vanguard, I think, was very popular for a while. Oh, God, I um, hate that game so much. It's unreal. I don't think it's it has the elements the that you hate game. about that game in it. Uh, the Digimon card game actually looks really good. It looks really simple. At its core, it is you play the monsters, and they have power scores, and you want to have a power score higher than your opponents, and you want to beat them for times or something like that. Uh, there's a really interesting energy system, and uh, it involves giving energy to your opponent in order to sort of take a gamble on playing better cards, uh, and that is a choice that you can make. And there's it just seems like it's... Got some really interesting strategic decisions, but is also designed to be a quick, fun play. And I'm hoping that it gets localized because I really love Digimon, and this game looks like it's an actually good, fun game, rather than the previous ones, which I found to be a little bit lacking. Um, All of that to say that the biggest news is there is a new Digimon anime. It is called Digimon Adventure, and you, if you know Digimon, will also know that the original anime was called Digimon Adventure, this is the 2020 uh, re- renewal. I don't know. This is uh, it's a it's a a redo of Digimon Adventure. It's the same characters with the same partners in a completely new story. Um, the first two episodes are available in Crunchyroll already. It just started coming out, uh, and the second episode is locked if you're not a premium member, which I'm not. But I did watch the first episode last night, and I tried to watch the second one. Because I didn't realize it was premium locked and I intended to only watch one and it was so good I wanted to watch the second one. If you, as Mm -hmm. a Digimon fan, always wanted Digimon to look good, to flow well, to have that (laughs) beautiful Sakuga that you got from the Digimon movies but never from the Digimon show except for that one episode, then (laughs) this is the show for you. It is actual good high quality animation. Like Digimon Try looked all right. But was actually kind of disappointing in uh, in practice. This is a really actually good, high quality animated show. They put some work into this and some money into this, and it shows. Uh, it's very very good. It has already made waves among the Digimon community for completely shattering the pacing conventions of all previous Digimon series, and uh, it it's bringing a lot of new stuff to the table, which is really surprising because it is telling a Digimon story with the same name and cast as the first Digimon story, but it is totally new. Uh, It's definitely making some homages, but it is totally new and it's really good and it's very exciting. And I've heard from Mm. a YouTube reviewer that uh, he's watching it with somebody who has never watched Digimon, who is also enjoying it. So if you've been curious about Digimon or you want to see what it's about, (laughs) check out the first episode on Crunchyroll of Digimon Adventure 2020. The original Digimon Adventure is not available on Crunchyroll, so you can't get confused. And uh, (laughs) see what you think. Yeah, he's he's like... He's not like full full on Digimon. He's just a little Digimon curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's this guy. The, uh, I think his name is Billiam on YouTube, which I've seen some of his videos throughout the years. Um, he does a lot of like uh, 90s cartoon retrospectives, which involves all of the Digimon shows. So I've watched a lot of those. So he's watching this, but his his uh, his girlfriend or something, I think, is watching it with him and has no affiliation with digimon and is like able to follow along and is enjoying it which was 
sort of a concern that he floated in his first episode where it's like, these are characters that we know, you know, if you've been a Digimon fan, you know, these characters, they are the ones that keep coming back that you've like grown up with and you know them inside and out. And the series is, uh, it's jumping right into the action. It's very, very fast paced and it, it does the action first. And as of the end of the first episode has not gotten into a lot of characterization and, Mm -hmm. Uh, that, uh, according to his anecdotal, uh, experience is not taking away from the, uh, the experience for a non Digimon fan. So check it out if you're interested. It's a good time to be a Digimon fan. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, we need to get into, uh, some, some more serious stuff today. Some of this hot bullshit. uh, Oh my God. So here we go. Uh, I love... I love Hunter, Hunter X Hunter. Let me just throw that out there right now. Um, I love it so much that I almost said Hunter Hunter for people that uh, actively get furious with it. And I also, uh, I will, I will concede to some people that they they talk about like one of the best anime antagonists of all time is the King. Um, that he is a good antagonist, but we're we're gonna get into uh, some 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 hot poop here um yeah this is uh uh, that being said this is better than i remembered but still not good (laughs) and yeah i also i think i told you on the rant that i did not end up going on that i had gone down the rabbit hole of like looking up like if people actually like this arc and why and lots of people do and they provided examples and now that we are in it i just strongly disagree with the examples they provided. Uh, So we'll get into that maybe today. (laughs) Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in on previously on Hunter x Hunter. So Hunter x Hunter is a series set in a vast world uh, populated with a certain type of person known as a hunter. If you want to be a hunter, you can take this very challenging and literally deadly exam. And if you pass, you become a hunter. Um, the main characters of the series have become hunters, and a hunter is is basically a, a licensed badass. It's kind of like Indiana Jones style archaeology, but for every aspect of the world. So it's very anime, and it's kind of a nebulous title, and you can specialize in different things. Our main characters have not specialized, but uh, they are uh, on a journey that started with them attempting to find a person. Uh, one main character is named Gon. Uh, he is, both of them are about 12, and uh, he is the sort of optimistic, positive, can-do attitude protagonist. His best friend is Killua, who is the uh, strong, silent type, uh, largely because he grew up in a family of professional assassins and was tortured and trained to kill from a very young age. Um, they have, in a quest to find Gon's absentee father, come up, come upon a kind of big deal, possibly humanity-ending crisis known as the Chimera Ants. Um, the Chimera Ants are these creatures that when they eat another being uh, and then reproduce, the next generation has traits of that other being. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, the ants found some humans and ate them, and now they have spawned a race of giant humanoid animal creatures with ant-like appendages and they uh the chimera ants have a sort of voracious appetite and a an uncaring 
uh, holier than thou, top of the food chain look at the world around them. And they are going to uh, inevitably, inexorably spread out over the world and kill all of the humans in it if they are left unchecked. So, Gon and Killua have met up with a couple of other characters. One is named Shoot. One is named Knuckle. These two guys used, uh, were set to fight against Gon and Killua to test them and make sure they were ready for the Chimera Ants thing, which, uh, long story short, they decided that they were. Uh, Shoot is kind of quiet and a little bit cowardly. Knuckle is another loud, brash, yells and punches kind of anime character. Um, they are all working underneath a guy named Morel, who is a dude that carries a giant pipe and uses the smoke from it to create uh, different um, avatars that he can use to do different things. And the chairman of the Hunter Association, a guy, a guy named Netero, who is a super strong old dude. We know that uh, uh, from, I think, our last coverage, he gained a very powerful, very fast punch through a lot of practice. And uh, we don't know much else about him other than that he is clearly strong because of the position that he holds. Um, the Chimera Ants they're going against have taken over a, a country that's definitely not North Korea. And they have uh, instituted themselves in the palace. Uh, the king, who does not know his name, but we know that it's Meruem, has three royal guards. One is a cat person. Uh, I, I kept referring to them as she in my notes and then realized halfway through that I'd been doing it and just stuck with it. So when we get there, that's what happened, Spencer. So this this person is named Neferpitu. It's basically a cat, human, uh, pretty much just a human with cat ears and a tail. Um, then there's Shiapoof, which is pretty much just a human with uh, bug antennae on his forehead and giant butterfly wings. And then Matutuyopi, who's pretty much not a human. He's a giant red humanoid thing that can mutate his body in all kinds of crazy ways. Um, the Chimera mm -hmm. Ants took over the country, and uh, since it is a pretty serious dictatorship, they sent out a call for all the population to come to the palace. And the Chimera Ants are going to use that time to kill everybody there. And to single out the people that have the potentiality to use Nen, which is this universe's magic system, in order to eat them and grow stronger. Uh, on the way, they met this girl named Komugi, who is a blind, sinusy uh, human who happens to be the leading expert in a game uh, called Goongi. Uh, the king had been playing against different experts of different games. He would learn the rules, he would beat the expert, he would kill the expert. Komugi is the first person who beat him, and they have since become uh, completely obsessed with playing games against each other. I don't believe the king has won at all. As soon as he gets better, she also gets better. And the king has developed a, uh, a fascination with her um, that verges on affection and is causing concern for him and the other Chimera ants about what's happening to him. So she's super important to him, and they are all in the palace together. Um, the Chimera Ants, back at the beginning of all this, killed a mentor of Gon's called Kite. Uh, they reanimated his body and made him sort of a murdery zombie. And Gon has not taken that well and wants to get back at Neferpitu, who is the person who animated him and killed him, and uh, also potentially have uh, Neferpitu bring Kite back to life, which seems unlikely, but that's his plan. Um, they have been planning for quite a while to launch an assault on the palace where the Chimera Ants are so that they can stop them from killing all these people the next day. 
and the plan has begun with most of our heroes popping out of a portal that was preset earlier by another character in the uh, base of the stairway leading up to the throne room where the king is uh, supposed to be. And also uh, the chairman Netero has shown up with Killua's grandfather, Zeno, using a technique called Dragon Dive, which has launched basically giant energy mortars down across the entire palace. And that's where yeah. we pick up. Cool. So this is episode 112, that's 112, Monster X and X Monster. So this episode picks up with the heroes, um, the all of the different characters that are uh, hunters and also uh, turned chimera ants that are fighting with the hunters, exploding from the portal um, just as the dragon dive begins above their heads. Um, and uh, the 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 battle quickly starts to devolve into a bunch of the characters having to jump in different directions. Um, so the the first thing that's going to happen is Yuppie is standing there. Yuppie is going to get ready to take one of the challengers on. Um, as he starts to take one of the challengers on, the first one that is uh, going to be running at him is going to be Knuckle, um, with one of the Chimera Ants riding on his back. This Chimera Ant gives him the abil ability to completely um, not be recognized in existence at all, um, and he can hold this ability as long as he keeps holding his breath. He is running ahead, but because he has the this ability on, none of the other characters can see him, and so Gon takes the decision uh, to run ahead as well, and he's supposed to be running in a, a sidestepped manner of uh, Yuppie so that he can escape and go to his target. Um, but as the dragon dive hits the top of the building, they notice this and... Uh, and realize that if they, if one of these mortar shots hits um, the knuckle and the chimera ant that's riding on his back, and they go down, they don't know if these, this ability will wear off or when it will wear off. So they don't know if Yuppie is still going to be a, a, an issue to deal with. So Gon takes it upon himself to deal with Yupi just in case uh, Knuckle is destroyed inside of this mortar shell. That's well, he's, he, he's not really dealing with him as much as throwing him off, but he's also yeah. deviating from the plan because Gon has a vendetta against Neferpitu, and he wants to go find yeah. Neferpitu. And he thinks that Neferpitu will be where the king is because that is, it's a member of the royal guard, and so that's where Pito should be. So Gon wants to go there, but that's not where Gon's supposed to go. He is the only yep. person who doesn't hesitate when Dragon Dive stops to come down or starts to starts to crash into the palace. And he uses that moment to break the plan and rush off past Yopi. And yeah. he would not make it except Knuckle steps in and attacks Yopi. And because he is beyond notice. No, he's he's rushing at Yopi. And the only reason that he rushes past Yuppie instead is because Knuckle interacts. It's all okay. explained inside of the... We haven't talked about this as much, but this is going to be one big sticking point for us. There is a metric ton of uh, voiceover narration explaining exactly what's happening with everything in these moments. 
So uh, that all takes us to when uh, there needs to be a new challenger to arrive for Yuppie, and that is going to be Shoot. Uh, so Shoot in this moment is both uh, upset and also excited, and also he doesn't really understand what he's supposed to do here, and he is going to... Uh, decide that he wants to fight against Yuppie. Um, and then Yuppie is just going to be like, screw everything. And he's just going to slam his giant fist down and end up hurting a whole bunch of people and destroying the staircase. Yeah. He's also Yuppie, all the Royal guards, despite having different personalities and kind of motivations and interests, their main driving force is to serve the King and protect the King. So they will do whatever they can to keep the King safe and they will do whatever they can to follow the king's orders. And when those things come into conflict, it's kind of interesting and they have a hard time with it. Um, Yuppie, right now, he's on the staircase and with these interlopers, he knows that he can't let them pass. And that's already kind of falling apart, but also the heroes are kind of going in the wrong way. Like the king is not where they're headed. So I think that's one of the reasons why he's able to stand and like fight against shoot and not like chase after gone. But the other mm-hmm. thing is that shoot levels up pretty significantly here and uh, pretty much makes it not not really a viable option for Yuppie to turn around and run off. Yeah, so Yuppie is going to use his one of his abilities. This kind of gets into the next episode. Just to let you know, these episodes sort of run together, and there's a couple of different storylines that are going to be like very important that keep on being returned back to over and over again throughout these episodes. The other big thing that's going to happen in this episode um, before Yuppie slams his big giant fist down um, is that Neferpitu is going to arrive back um, and into the castle and find out that Kamugi, um, who, if you'll remember, is the uh, the the, the uh, uh, shogi player um, who is uh, very attached or the king is very attached to. Um, and Kamugi is going to be very, very badly hurt from getting hit by this dragon dance or dragon dive. Um, and <laughs> dragon dance uh, is attack and special attack. It's or, uh, yeah, attack and speed one stage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so um so yeah, she she's gonna be down the She's actually going fatally to, injured. Yeah. Um Neferpitu has been uh brought into the room to heal her with Dr. Kite or uh I think it's Dr. Kite. Um No Kite's uh, it's uh Kite's the, Dr. Blythe. Dr. Blythe, yeah. It's it was I was reminded of Kite because Kite was the one that's being controlled by Dr. Blythe. Right. Anyways, um so uh he is going to command that Neferpitu do this after Neferpitu uses um, her super powerful leg strength to jump back to the castle, um, breaking like like mock speeds as she goes because you can see like the sound barrier being smashed as she flies. Um, and uh, uh, the other people that are going to arrive are Netero and uh, Killua's grandfather have yeah. both arrived. And they are going to be summoned by the king to walk away and uh, go and fight amongst themselves. Yeah, the um, to, kind of to Spencer's point, like he mentioned earlier that this is a lot of narration, which I think you and I should should get into after we've kind of talked about what actually happens in these episodes. 
Yeah. But, uh, the other thing about these episodes, and that makes our coverage, it's going to run together, so we we might kind of miss the exact start and end points of these episodes, is that the the heroes break off into like five separate groups and the Mm -hmm. story progresses with each of them in small steps rather than zooming in on one from start to finish before moving on to another. Yes. Um, So we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of jumping back and forth and it's a little ambiguous as to what happens in one episode to the other. Yeah, that uh, let's just go ahead and I'm going to give you a couple of the different uh, titles of the episodes that we're going to cover because they basically just cover all of the stuff we're going to cover inside of these. Anyways, that is episode 113 and X indebted X insect episode 114 divide X and X conquer episode 150 duty X and X question and then episode 116 revenge X and X recovery. So um, the next thing that is going to happen inside of these episodes is that Morel is going to um, he's going to first distract Yupi with his uh, shadows uh, or not his shadows, but his um, I wanted to call them shadow clones, but they're smoke clones. Um, he's going to uh, distract Yupi enough uh, to where Yupi is going to get enraged and start swinging around uh, to destroy these. Um, then Yupi has to focus and use his new ability or his uh, ability that he's going to reveal as a new ability that they've never seen before, which is that he can make a bunch of eyes and he can also change his arms into basically like horrible monster whips. Yeah, he, um, he and, basically can sort of instinctively mutate to become more horrible and give himself at needed, needed techniques. Yeah, they explain inside of this episode that one of the differences between um, the regular Royal Guards, which are going to be Neferpitu and Shiapuf, um, which are made out of uh, human uh, human and animal um, creatures, Yuppie uh, is going to be made out of mythical creatures as well as human DNA. So that gives him a little bit of a different ability, which is that he is chimeric. So he can change his form and mutate um, freely, and he can gain the ability of different, uh, uh, you know, different animals or beasts or whatever he needs to do at any time. We've seen him before grow wings. We've seen him now growing a giant arm to smash. He also can turn his arms into razor whips. Um, we're going to see a little bit later that he can literally turn his back into porcupine quills and shoot them out um, so that they like impale people that are far away like spears. Um, so he is a very dangerous character to fight against. Uh, Morel basically has to use all of the stops to even just distract him long enough for Morel to get away to deal with Shiapoof. Um, and, uh, in this battle that he is fighting with Yupi, um, he has to relinquish his weapon in order for Yupi to be distracted. And then shoot has to use his newest ability, which is really badass that he picks yeah. this up in this moment, which is that he, he fights with these like, um, three glowing green fists that, um, that just kind of hover around made of Nin outside of his body and a floating, um, uh, a floating bird's cage. And one of the things that's my favorite moment in this is that he decides that because he's been hit by this, uh, this damaging blow, his leg is broken and he can't run around. So what he's going to do is he's going to stand on top of one of his fists to fly around. And then he takes his, uh, at the top of his, uh, like, 
I, I guess it's just his um his his hood that he has around him and he ties it up over his head and yeah. inside of like the narration they're like it, there was no reason for him to do this other than he was so excited that he gets to do a usability and I was just like why would you mess with your depth perception if you wanted I... to like like you're in a you're in a fight for your life and you're gonna mess with your depth perception. That's not the best idea. Yeah, you're in an uphill climb for your life and for the potential salvation of the human race, and you're gonna be like, yeah, but it looks cool though. <laughs> like, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's definitely it is definitely a combination of the uh, the creator deciding that it does indeed look cool and that that's worth it and also i think the idea that like he has he has leveled up and essentially changed his form but he doesn't look that different so this is a way to make him look a little more different it's yeah. goddamn absurd in universe but it does look cool <laughs> yeah so the next big thing that is going to happen inside of this fight is that um he is he is not going to be able shoot is not going to be able to keep up with yubi he is far far outmatched even though his ability is pretty high up um he's able he, all he's able to muster is no direct hits on yuppie he touches him one time to steal one of his eyes for his ability uh to steal a piece of yourself and hide it inside of his cage um so that you use the ability to use it while he has it um but that's about it and he is going to be completely completely beat and battered apart until finally um, Knuckle is forced to show himself in order to get Shoot uh, away from the battle because Shoot is bleeding out almost completely to the death. Yeah, um, the, the good news about this is that Shoot does last for a little bit. Uh, it's not a lot of in-universe time, but, you know, there's not a lot of in-universe time that's passed, so we're going to give him a pass. But, like, the narrator does note that he kind of instinctively stands on one of his floating feet to allow him to fly around at super speed and that this is him accidentally stumbling upon like the ultimate uh expression of his technique and it's very cool and he definitely seems stronger and more capable mm -hmm. and it's great he has this great moment but also yubi is extremely strong and very dangerous and it's just not a fight that he could reasonably win but yeah. The bad news is that Knuckle revealing himself is also kind of an acknowledgement that the plan has completely collapsed. Because oh, yeah. Knuckle is with Meliaron, the, the Chimera Ant that uh, defected, and whose ability allows them to fade from notice. And their plan was for them to go to the king and hit him before the king could react. And hopefully kill the king before he knew anybody was there. And that plan has now fallen completely all the way apart. Yeah. Yeah. They also are realizing with Yuppie that even, even his strongest attack, Knuckles' strongest attack, his strongest punch on Yuppie, was only enough to generate 600 whatever it is on this little dial. The and interest or one, whatever. Yeah. One tiny slap from Yuppie's arm was able to hit Knuckle in the face and wipe out half of that. Yeah. So it seems like he is, he is far and away way too powerful for this uh, ability to really work its way, its way against him. Um, and so he is going to kind of give up the ghost with that. 
this is going to uh, be the status quo with this fight when we leave our episodes today. There's not going to be any more advancements inside of this battle, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are going to shift our focus on to the next super important but not so important thing that's going to happen, uh, just because it only takes a second to explain. Um, so Netero and uh, I can never remember his name. Um, Zeno. But... Uh, Zeno, uh, Netero, Zeno, and Miroam are going to wander out, except that they are going to, um, uh, Netero and Miroam are going to fight, and Zero is going to, um, he's going to send up his dragon ability to carry them away so they can have a battle on their own. Um, Miroam doesn't want to hurt Kamugi anymore, Nef- uh, and, uh, 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 Netero just is just like, well, I'm, I'm gonna go fight you wherever I need to fight you. Uh, there's a bigger reason that Netero wants to go away from this. We're not going to realize that yet. Uh, that yeah. will be explained a lot later. They both essentially agree that if they are going to fight and go all out, they should be in an isolated place so that them going all out does not hurt the people they don't want to be hurt. And yeah. I think they both have ulterior motives. And I would say the king's ulterior motive is that he also is so pissed about Komugi that he is just willing to go along with anything if it means that he will eventually be able to take some sort of vengeance for this act. Mm-hmm. And then Netero's is a secret if you haven't watched past this point. Yeah. Uh, Do, we will not give this away. It is one of the most important spoilers um, inside of the show. It's also uh, the best fight, the well, second best fight that happens inside of the Chimera Ant arc. Um, so I would hate to give it away anyway. Yeah, we'll, we will um, give it away when we get there, but we are not getting there today for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to fly away. That leads us to our next point. Um, the next point is going to be gone. Killua and well, a third person are going to be running along. There's a uh, Morel first, who's a, basically a footnote, which is why I think you're forgetting about him. Oh yeah. So Morel is also going to be in a fight with Shiapoof. Um, Shiapoof and Morel are going to be locked together inside of his smoke prison. It's not important. They're, yeah, well, it's we're not important find right out, now. We're going to find out that Poof can send out some scales off of his butterfly wings that allow him to see how people are feeling, essentially. And he gauges yeah. this sort of confidence. For There's a couple of specific like emotions, such as confidence, that he can gauge. And he... He senses those, and then he does something and senses how those have changed in Morel and explains to us that that is how he can be a good fighter because he can basically predict his opponent's techniques using their emotional state. And then he mm-hmm. immediately starts to cocoon himself, and that is where they leave off. I know. It's just not important at this moment. Yeah. Okay. We should Before we get into Gone 2, we should talk about Ikalgo because there's a whole uh, thing. Oh my god, I can't even believe that I have to talk about this so much about Akago. Okay, so Akago is going to, he's, <laughs> he's going to do something that's very important. Um, he's taken over the dead body of uh, one of their former Chimera Ant generals. Um, his name was Flutter. Um, he has the ability to send out these little spies that are like um, their dragonfly spies. Um, and, uh, he can use the dead person's ability as well, their nan abilities. So he's kind of got a really cool ability, but it doesn't really seem to matter. He's going to get into a room that's really dangerous. Um, Killua, as he's passing by, is going to murder both of the guards instantaneously as they run past. Um, he's going to go get inside of an elevator. He's going to take an elevator down to the, uh, the bottom layer 
of this place. He's going to get into a big truck and then he's going to drive off. Yeah. Um, there's also going to be gonna... a long explanation of that goddamn elevator. There's yeah, like a so... full two minutes explaining how the elevator works at the beginning of, uh, yeah. one of these episodes. The also uh, the other character that is going to be introduced, and I swear that we cannot talk any more about Wolfen. Um, I I know I know he thinks he is a fantastic character inside of universe, and he wants to create a rich universe where no character is a write off. But he is such a minor footnote character, and yeah. I care about him not at all. Yeah, um, Wolfen he, is fetch. Stop trying to make it happen. Yeah, he he just continues, continues, continues to be into these episodes. Um, he has the ability to smell really well, so he can tell that something is going on. He can also make rockets shoot out of his back, which is his Nen ability, um, which I guess is cool. And they can sense people's smell as well. Um, but he he doesn't really use this as much he yeah, also he's... doesn't want to follow down the elevator with Ikago in the flutter body um because he's worried that one of the other generals might be working with Ikago um inside of that body um and so he doesn't want to go down the elevator because this other general has the ability to shoot like guns out of his claws um and yeah. he worries that when he gets to the bottom of the stairs he's just going to be ambushed and killed so this he's is... like i'm gonna go do something else yeah, he he is an overly cautious, somewhat cowardly um, character who has the type of personality that that leaves him wanting to know everything and manipulate people into positions that advantage him secretly. And his his stated goal is that he wants to become the real king behind the scenes. So he would be the person who is actually in charge, but he would not be the figurehead. People would not realize that he was really the person calling the shots. And that way, if somebody did something like try to assassinate the king, they would not assassinate him. He wants all of the power without any of the vulnerability or exposure. And that's his whole thing. And he's going to spend large portions of these episodes investigating a character that we know is... It, it just... I don't remember... I don't remember this arc completely because I watched it so long ago and I was so bored by it that I kind of faded in and out. But I I honestly don't think that this plotline comes to anything of actual importance and I don't know why we have to spend so much time on it. Yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and jump away from that to the most important plotline of these episodes, which is Gon and Killua. Gon and Killua are going to see Zeno as they come past. Uh, he's going to explain that um, the king and... Uh, and uh, God, why do I keep on blanking on his name? Uh, the king and Netero are gone to fight, and Gon needs to go catch up with Neferpitu. Um, Neferpitu, he finds him inside of the king's uh, private chambers with... Um, uh, oh God, Kamugi uh, and with Dr. Kamugi Blythe. and Doctor Blythe, and he is going to uh, challenge P two to a battle. Um, P two is going to say that there is no way that he is going to be able to fight, or he was going to be able to fight her while she is healing Kamugi. It is more important than her life to heal Kamugi, and to prove this, she is going to break her own arm in front of Gon in order to prove that uh, that point. Yeah. 
Gon is, is also like, busy becoming the villain in this moment where he yeah. he is losing all of the innocence and optimism and uh, believing the best in himself and others and can do itiveness. And he mm-hmm. only has anger and rage and vengeance in him right now. And he is blind to everything else. Yeah, he is going to be awakened in this moment for just a moment, enough time for him to accept that Kamugi's life is important. She shouldn't just die for nothing. If they can help, that's fine. But as soon as this is over, he is going to kill P2. And yeah. he is con- he is completely, completely resigned to this. It is not a, you know, maybe they're going to fight and maybe I'm going to win. It is, I'm going to do anything that I can possibly do to murder you. There is no way out for you. Yeah, and he probably wouldn't have snapped out of it if Killua hadn't been there also. Because mm-hmm. Killua is the type of character who wants to wait and see and observe and figure out the whole situation before acting, whereas Gon is kind of the opposite. But Gon usually has really good instincts and has this kind of like optimistic nature that leads him to do the right thing. And that is being eclipsed by his outrage and his like bloodlust and vengeance. And so Killua steps in several times and is like, I don't think you're thinking this through. I don't think you're being logical. And finally, that combined with Neferpitu breaking his own arm and like all of this kind of coalesces into Gon realizing that they are not going to fight right now. But even still, Gon is being kind of unreasonable. Like Komugi is fatally injured and and um, Pito has the power to heal people um, a lot. Like Pito can fix this and can make Komugi as new. And Gon is like, okay, I understand what you're doing. How much time do you need? And Pito is like, I need uh, like three to four hours to finish healing her. And Gon is like, that is unacceptable. Give me another number. And Pito is like terrified because Pito can't defend themselves in this instance. All of their power has to go into this healing. And that is what the king wants. And so there is not going to be any deviation from that plan. And mm-hmm. Pito is basically realizing that, like, if if Pito doesn't go with what Gon wants, Gon is going to kill Pito, and there will be no more healing after that point. And so this negotiation is a desperate corner that they've been backed into. And so Pito is finally like, I can I can heal the most grievous wounds and bring this back from a possibly fatal, you know, from a probably fatal injury to a probably not fatal injury in one hour. And Gon is like, good, in one hour you're going with me, we are going to go to this city, and you are going to heal Kite. And that is the end of the discussion. And then he sits like an inch in front of her and just watches her. And is like, I'm going to be right here, and then at the end of an hour we're going to leave together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I actually didn't That's- really notice this, but when I was checking the Hunter Wiki, uh, doing the notes this week... There is a note at the end of this episode that the camera pans over to show us that Killua appears to have left. That flew completely over my head, even though I have seen these episodes and I know that Killua does leave. But uh, yeah, yeah, apparently Killua leaves and the camera gives us an indication of that. Yeah. So this is going to end our coverage. Um, Let's uh, do a a brief, brief, like brief deviation. Okay. So this is this is going to be our our letter to the editor the at the end beef. of these episodes, um, and we 
we just need to talk about telling your story in narrative when it has not been narrative at all before now. Yeah. How frustrating is that for you, Blake? (laughs) It is exceedingly frustrating. So we have watched this show and there has usually been a narrator very quickly for like a couple of seconds at the beginning and end of each episode to tell us where we are and to tell us where we're going. And maybe once or twice, the narrator has jumped in to explain something that is particularly not immediately evident But this, these episodes, the, the narrator is the character. Like the characters are doing things and saying things and thinking things but like 80 or more percent of these episodes is the narrator telling us what's happening. And that it, it's not always so bad. The narrator is telling us basically every, every little thought that each character has to walk us from point A to point Z of how they came to the conclusion that leads to the action that they take. And all of the little like mental offshoots that they consider along the way. And it's just, it is, it is an overabundance of explaining things that are ultimately not needed. Like I, so like I said, I got really frustrated because this is not the first time that this has happened. Although I think it's kicked into a higher gear in these episodes than the ones previously. But when we first got into this section, I, I decided to Google and see like, I believed that people really liked this arc. I have seen that the Chimera Ants arc is often held up as the best arc, and I strongly disagree. And part of that is personal preference that I've said I don't like people being eaten, and so things that have that in abundance tend to turn me off, and the Chimera Ants arc part one is a lot of that. The Chimera Ants arc part two is a lot of the narrator going into insane detail. Like I said, at the start of 115, there is about two minutes where he explains exactly how an elevator works. And do you want to know what's relevant? The relevancy is that if you you can go up the elevator one at a time and there's a code and if you mess up the code, you die. And nobody messes up the code, so we didn't even need to know that. Uh, Yeah. It's just, it's an overabundance of information that is not uninteresting it totally lets us know that these characters are having deep complex tactical consideration at every moment in the story but unfortunately the truth is we don't need to know that we already know that these characters are highly skilled highly tactical highly thoughtful that is it's redundant and the information that we get of the the thoughts that they're having doesn't add anything it just adds time and So a lot of people said, a lot of people that defended this arc said that it is the best arc because it goes into such detail, because you can see what every character is thinking and each move that they're making. And it's like getting into the heads of chess players and being able to see each consideration of each move. And that's not uninteresting, but that doesn't go with what's happening. And if you like that, and if you enjoy what they're doing, that's fine. It's a totally totally understandable thing to enjoy, but it is not what the show has been, and it doesn't honestly fit with the action. It fits with something like Hikaru no Go, where the, the point is strategy against your opponent in a game that is not a fast-moving life-or-death kind of thing. It fits with Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. fit with this kind of thing. And I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, if I were writing this... Could I get away with 
not having this? Could I get away with shooting this like a normal scene in most battle anime, a normal scene in most battles in this anime, where the characters just say or think things to themselves and ha- instead of having the narrator do it for them and in overt depth? And pretty much every time the narrator said something, I was like, that was unnecessary. It was more information than we needed. And it could have been solved with the character saying or thinking that to themselves in about a quarter of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I really feel that it is a deviation away from the way that the story has normally been told. And it is a, a little bit of a betrayal to the people that are watching this story and enjoying the way that it has been told up until this point, because if you have introduced somebody to something inside of a show and built a narrative premise inside of a show, and then you completely spin that on top of its head and slow down the speed of the show, 112 episodes into the show where you've never done it before, that is just kind of a slap to the face of people that are watching it for the speed of the show to begin with. Yeah, I understand that some people are going to like this because they like both, but the people that like just one and stuck with the show because they like just one are going to be completely turned off by this happening the way that it is. Yeah. And I have seen people uh, break down these episodes, remove all narration inside of it and show it at actual speed. And it is a much more concise and interesting way to watch the show. Um, I have been sent a couple of links that show this. There's YouTube videos of it if you want to watch it. And it makes the show seem like the way that it was supposed to be, almost to the point that it makes you wonder if they did this because they wanted to fill time. I don't think that that's the reason they wanted to do it, but it makes you think that thought. And if you think that, that is a bad place to be because you have some reason made your audience jump off board and jump out of the story so they can think wait it did i get turned into um a a uh a side arc for no reason it's it's one of those things where like naruto gets away with it because naruto sets it up from like episode five that yeah this show is going to be told a lot in flashback And it's going to be a lot of people talking about what they're going to do and a lot of people thinking about what they might want to do inside of the future. That's one of those shows. And Naruto can get away from it because it gives you that information to begin with. And that's the way that it presents it to you from the very start of the show. It sets up a premise. It follows through with it. This is a completely new premise, a completely new storytelling tactic. And it's coming again, I will say, at an episode 112 is the first time it ever happens. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, also in Naruto, we frequently talk about how it is incorrect to do what they're doing. How uh, there's a there's this concept in storytelling called pace, and the pace mm-hmm. is the the speed at which things are moving. And pace can fluctuate, and indeed it should. Uh, not everything can be a breakneck pace. Not everything can be a snail's pace. Usually, you're going to oscillate somewhere in the middle with peaks and valleys here and there at story appropriate times. What we have here is a an explosion of action which is when most stories should peak and instead this story valleys 
instead of this explosion of action being an explosion in the pace and in leaving you feeling breathless and exhilarated, it instead takes the tactic of slowing everything down as slow as it can make it and examining each piece of every person's thought process and movement before moving on to the next one. And yeah. it's a decision that has merit, and I just think it's super incorrect here. And I think what Spencer is saying is that it's incorrect in the context of a show that's built up other expectations for pacing, and I agree with that. But I would also say that in general, if you have this type of a sequence, unless this is the story that you've been telling, kind of to Spencer's point, this is what you've built up from this point, then you should not so drastically alter the pace from what what the pace of this kind of a sequence is expected to be and arguably should be. And yeah. again, there I love this kind of stuff in certain contexts. Like that kind of deep thinking through everything is what makes Death Note great. But yeah. Death Note is a game of mental chess and this is a fight. Yeah. They're and different. it's 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 not even the same okay. This is my last point. I swear it's my last point. But the <laughs> biggest the the biggest example of that I'm I'm going to be giving a little bit of spoilery if you're actually sticking around inside of our Naruto coverage and you want to um hear about time, uh, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, just it happens in Shippuden. It happens a lot later in Shippuden. Um but um one of the characters is a his his whole thing is that he is basically a chess master. Um, he is a very, very good at deciding tactics, building up tactics and using them to take down his opponent. His opponent is a very, very powerful, nigh unkillable monster character. Um, and the only way that he can be defeated is by being trapped in a place where he cannot come back from no matter how much he tries the entire two-episode arc of his fight against this other character is just told inside of basically explaining the thought processes behind how I'm going to trick this person into getting to fall into my trap. And that is how you tell a fight sequence in the in that amount of time where it keeps people grasping at the edge of their straws because the only way to defeat this person is not with a back-to-back hand-to-hand combat because other people have tried it and other people have failed instead it has to be a very organized chess match and you get the uh, the additional payoff that the character that's fighting this nyankillable character i'm just not trying to give away names um his mentor has been killed by this other character and so it gives us some immense immense payoff at the end of it too where it's just it's so cathartic that he finally got his comeuppance and you got to watch him get like meticulously broken apart inside of those episodes it's fantastic and you should do look to that if you're ever going to create an anime or write a story and you're wondering how i can break apart like a chess match fight inside of a shonen speed anime yeah, and it, it it also is just two episodes, whereas this today was five episodes, and it is not the end of this narrative issue. We will continue to struggle through this for pretty much the rest of the Chimera Ants arc. Even the really good fights are going to be yeah. broken up by an over amount of narration. 
It just doesn't make sense. This guy is usually really good at storytelling and it doesn't make sense as to why they're falling back on this device so hard here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think we've both said our piece and I just want to at the end reiterate that if you really like this, that's fine. And it even makes sense. It just doesn't work for us. In the same way that we frequently would cite that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was doing things we didn't like, or even that we found to be objectively bad storytelling or incorrect storytelling, that doesn't mean you can't like it. And also, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 is delightful so far, and I really like it. Um, yeah. And we so. all we also constantly shit on Naruto, even though we both really like Naruto. But that doesn't yeah. mean it's going to hit every narrative beat. And it's easy to look at something in hindsight and to say, I could have done it better. It's harder to create it on the way, but this is such a departure that it just demands us addressing it. And so we just had to say our piece and I'm glad we finally did. Yeah. I mean, there we've even had people that have responded back to us that are just like, uh, don't cover Naruto if you're just going to crap on Naruto. And I'm just kind of like, it, it doesn't matter that we are crapping over it. You don't have to listen to it if you don't like that. But we're going to tell our opinions of the things that we like and the things that we don't like. All of the shows that we have watched so far, we try to find... We we go into those shows either already loving them or trying to find a way to love the shows that we're watching. We genuinely feel the things that we feel while watching these things. They are our opinions of them. If you don't agree with them, that's fine. But at the same time, like... We feel these ways because like, like we're in the moment and we're fans. So we're yeah. like, we want it to be better. <laughs> it's, it is like what I said at the beginning. I love Digimon because I grew up on it. I know that it's flawed. I know that especially the English adaptation is aged down in a way that does the series a disservice, but that also the series frequently doesn't manage to quite stick the landing and that the animation quality is low. And I love it anyway, because I can see what it is in my heart and it it does things narratively that i enjoy and if you're that with these things that we don't like that's great and don't take this personally and also know that like when we watched jojo's bizarre adventure we didn't like it for the most part we liked the beginning we held out hope for longer than i uh was expecting that it would turn around before we decided that it wasn't going to for us and when we rag on jojo's bizarre adventure we're making fun of it And those episodes are funny because I think we're usually pretty funny and we have a good rapport and we're making fun of it. We're having a good time with it. When we rag on Naruto and Hunter x Hunter and Digimon and whatever else we love, we're serious. And it's because we love them and the love comes first. And that's where the the criticism comes from because we want them to be we want them to live up to the standards that they live up to in our hearts And when they don't, it catches our attention and it makes us want to say something because we care about them that much. So when we rag on Hunter x Hunter, when we rag on Naruto, don't take it personally because we're not doing it because it's objectively bad or objectively not worth being enjoyed. It's because we care that much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with all of that being said, uh, stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's happening on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. 
If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Soul Eater episodes 41 through 44. Krona is still struggling with their place in the school of the DWMA, but so is Marie with Stein's recent defection. Oh my god, I just talked about how much we well, don't just, need the narration I'm just telling you what's this got- moment. Okay, okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs>